Wagwan, my peeps, have you not watched Bob Marley One Love movie yet? Now's your chance. You have the opportunity to bring home Bob Marley One Love on digital now. Celebrate the life and music of an icon who inspired generations through his message of love, peace, and unity. Buy Bob Marley One Love Digital today and get over 50 minutes of behind-the-scenes footage and deleted scenes. Available at participating retailers, the movie is rated PG-13 and is brought to you by Paramount Pictures. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Style and Vibes podcast with me, Michaela. If you are new here, welcome to the family. If you are not, welcome back family. Always love having you guys here. Today is just me on this episode. I really wanted to take a few minutes just to really talk about, unless you've been under a rock, you probably know about the Usain Bolt and his millions of dollars that went missing in his investment account. So we're going to get into that today and really just talk about what happened, some of the cultural impact, of course, the financial impact and the potential for what could happen and really just think about some ideas um, about what has happened and what could happen in the future. So in early January, it was reported that the track star who is based in Jamaica, Usain Bolt, was missing $12.7 million from his private investment account in Jamaica through a company called Stocks and Securities Limited, otherwise known as SSL. So Usain gave them 10 days to pay back this money. So at the time that this podcast is released, the case itself is still pending. There have been so many different things that have happened, so many different reactions that I kind of wanted to just bring this all back, talk about it within time and just see how we go from there. I think like many, we were all very surprised. Um, Jamaicans in the country and abroad were really just in a state of shock and still in a state of shock. It's no surprise, you know, the banking system in Jamaica is not great. You have to wait really long for processes. You need all kinds of information. And sometimes just to do a simple transaction can take a very long time within a bank. Also coupled with that is the idea of a schema and chapa culture, which is really about scamming people out of their money, stealing, and you know all the violent crimes that are connected to scamming with the country itself. And it's come under a lot of scrutiny in the music in particular. Um, but I think like everyone, I'm kind of thinking, how can a revered, well-known, living legend like Usain Bolt live on the island and get scanned out of this kind of money. And if he is not safe, then who is? I think that that's kind of the sentiment that I've been experiencing and seeing from online to just conversations in person, um, but would love to hear your thoughts as well. So let's dial it back to kind of really understand what transpired. So around January 12th, The investigation was launched after millions of dollars were allegedly missing from Usain Bolt's account through SSL. Um, On the 16th of January, the Financial Services Commission appointed a special auditor for the company to assist in supervising as they investigated this case. So they were allowed to remain open up until this point and continue to do business, but they had to have approval for anything 
going in and out of the company. On the 16th is when he gave um, the demand, I guess, through his attorneys that the company had 10 days to return his money. And after that, a statement leaks. So we also have to be very transparent. You know, Usain Bolt is not the only person whose money was stolen allegedly through, you know, this scam or investment company. So there was a document that was released, which it it was a little weird to read because it was signed by an SSL employee, Jean Ann Penton, um, who worked for the company. And she basically signed off on the paperwork, alleging that she stole this money, how she stole this money, why she stole this money, um, and what appeared to be a signed document by her. And somehow it got circulated through WhatsApp and and social media. And I'm not sure if it was posted on any news outlets in particular, because it does have her personal information on there, which is a little weird. Um, But she's been the face of this missing money for the organization, um, which is a little interesting. And we'll come back to that point. Um, After that leaked, Everton uh, McFarlane, who is the executive director for the Financial Services Commission, which they're supposed to be regulating, you know, all of these things that happen and and approvals and that sort of thing. He resigned um, during this whole ordeal. Then the finance minister came in and made a statement that no stone will be left unturned. They did a press release. So there are a series of press releases coming from different people after this leaks and the case is has been announced and then since then uh it looks like the finance minister is also leveraging his partnership with the US to bring in the FBI to help the investigation which i think might help as a third party um because what it looks and feels like at least to the outside is you know this one person could not have acted alone i mean just through kind of common sense Um, she couldn't have done all of this by herself. So having someone outside of the country come in and do independent audits to really see, um, do a financial investigation might actually be in the favor of all parties, because then at least there's no perceived connection to any of this. And I say perceived because y'all know how sometimes not going. So even former CEOs have come forward. Zachary Harding, Mark um, Crosgary, who were both former CEOs for SSL, and they are coming forward saying they didn't have any knowledge of this, um, kind of trying to distance themselves from the organization. But again, the, the public pressure is that they couldn't have acted alone. Somebody had to have known these can't be the only sets of people. And that's really the sentiment of a lot of people. And you know, that's really where the investigation stands. To date, I don't think his money has been returned at this time. Um, So I think all sorts of legal action will be taken. We've seen some of this kind of play out before. Only time will really tell if he gets his money back and or what he's going to do. The incident itself is really garnering a lot of attention uh, for Jamaica and not in a good way at all. Um, while there are a few who have that kind of sense of apathy, you know, this can happen to anyone. It can happen anywhere. 
there are white collar crimes all over the place. Like he's no different. I think that it's really the magnitude because the country is so small. Um, again, we have all of this talent and resources in culture and sports and, you know, just the vibe, hospitality, but there are also so many negatives. And so this story really has a place in culture connectivity because on one side you have all of these positive things and then you have the few negative things that are kind of like this balancing act between, you know, all the stereotypical negative things and the positive things um, of a country. I think from a financial perspective, a scam of this nature really contributes to the narrative of a scamming culture. We've heard about all of the the lottery scams and and people calling and saying you won the lotto to do this for here in the in the U.S. and that has been an ongoing issue um, for a while now. And uh, the FBI was actually assisting in some of the arrests from here for those. Uh, what are considered low-level lottery scams. But this is kind of no different. This is very much comparable to a Bernie Madoff case, if you will. And Bernie Madoff case, there were billions and billions of dollars and banks and, and international banks involved. I highly recommend if you haven't watched it, there is a really good documentary on the Bernie Madoff case. Um, and really what happened. It's like four episodes and it really talks about how he was able to pull off this Ponzi scheme for a very long time. And essentially he took these people's money just to finance himself, his lifestyle and the lifestyles of his associates that help him to cover it up. So it's very poignant. I think, you know, for, for me to hear this story and then watch that documentary, there are so many points of reference that I think are going to play out in this particular case with the um, SSL organization. Additionally, there has been such amazing press around the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Does this have an impact on the perception and how people do business and invest money into the country through this angle. So investment has been a topic of conversation, especially during COVID for everyone. Everyone is talking about how they can invest their money or make more money or make money work efficiently. Um, And as the stock exchange was maturing and getting positive press, this comes at a really negative time. Lisa Hanna, who's actually um, a member of the parliament uh, for the People's National Party, she actually has a column with the Jamaica Observer, and she released an article entitled The Grim Reaping Reality of Jamaican Banking System. And it really highlights some of these um, points of reference, and it kind of glosses over um, the the case with Usain also contributing to, to this impact. And how much money people actually make and that sort of thing. It's a really good article. I'll link to it in the show notes, um, but it also gives some perspective to this. Um, I think even wider, you know, from a cultural impact standpoint, Usain is a living legend and one of the biggest living ambassadors that Jamaica really has. And not only to Jamaica, on a larger scale to the Caribbean community, right? So this story was picked up on major news outlets like CNN, The Guardian, People.com, TMZ, The Shade Room, Forbes, 
you name it, even financial podcasts are in your leisure, which Usain was a guest with Sham talking about how he transitioned um, his career from the track to all of his business investments. And this is one of them. This is part of that. You know, he chose to live in Jamaica. He could have taken his money and gone anywhere. He makes money all over the globe through sponsorships and through partnerships and opening businesses and that sort of thing. And he chose to keep Jamaica as his home base as the country continues to grow and develop. He probably, I I can't speak for him, but in looking at how he moves, he is looking at Jamaica as an investment in itself and him being there, him being an example to younger people coming up and really just leading by example of doing is an important cultural piece um, that could have an impact. It really depends on how he decides to move once, you know, this case is over. Because he's so high profiled, individuals globally are going to, you know, look at what he does next and how he moves throughout this entire process. He's made a few social posts. I've only seen a video of one um, interview that he's done or a mini press that he's done around the incident. And he's still being very vague, I, I think, for all the right reasons, because he wants to make sure that the legal process is worked through. But I'm sure that there's a paper trail that they can produce. Um, I think what we have to really understand is why this incident could have such a significant impact. I think, one, the trust within the banking system and in the country and potentially you know, how people perceive the region could be a factor, you know, the faster that the case is executed and solved and, you know, either he gets his money back, which is, you're still not sure if he's going to get his money back. Even if they have someone who did it, what's the paper trail there? Um, Additionally, you know, investment into the Caribbean outside of the hospitality sector, you know, there are so many different opportunities for mobile banking and tech, you know, people trusting technology as a whole, um, especially with their money is a thing. So I think that it hurts the industry and the perception of the industry and its trustworthiness. Um, Additionally, if we as a people can do this to Usain Bolt, like what does that say about our character? You know, we don't this is just not us. It kind of just feels like a personal attack for many, if you will, because it's just like, how could we be so dumb to take this much money from an individual who has done so much for the country? And um, I think an important note, you know, is that there are going to be so many, we're feeding so many negative stereotypes around it as well. So I'm curious to really see how this plays out. How it sorts itself out, I really don't know. I want the best outcome as possible, um, whatever that that may be. And it's not just you saying, it's really everyone that's involved. He's just the most high profile that has been listed, the most well-known. So a lot of other people are missing their money as well. And the potential to you know, grow from an investment standpoint, I think that that's really, you know, a hurtful challenge as well, because it's a challenge that people are going to have to get over as, as the sector continues to develop over time. But I would really love to hear your thoughts. 
to see what you're thinking. You know, the case is still evolving. It's still playing out. But I think it was important to at least stop and kind of have an overview and a conversation around just take a moment of like, what is happening here? And how are we going to move forward as a people? I don't have the answers, but I think it's important from a cultural standpoint. And since Usain Bolt is a cultural icon that we have this conversation. So would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, please share them with me either by emailing me or being on social. You can tag me, send me a DM, whatever you want at Style and Vibes. I'm there. And until next time, Leah Tommy peeps. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style and Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit styleandvibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at Style and Vibes. Until next time, Leah Tommy peeps. <laughs> <laughs>